Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to episode four of the Dr. Mike TV experience. Of course, I am your host, Dr. Mike TV, aka the black guy in the Philippines. And today, you guys are in for a treat. I promise you, you are in for the greatest treat of all times. Today, we're going to talk about the first ever time that I almost got arrested in the Philippines. So I want you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the show, because I promise you it's going to be a good one. It's my first ever Storytime podcast, and I can't wait to deliver it to you. Now, Dr. Mike TV is no punk. He's no wimp. He's no simp. But I give you my word. I am scared to go to jail. All right? I am scared to go to an American jail. I just am. I don't have time for Pookie and Ray Ray to try to make me their love interest. I feel like, honestly, I'm just too pretty to go to jail. I don't think I'll make it, guys. I swear to God, I do not think that I will ever make it in jail. I'm just not cut out for it. As a child, I watched a lot of Scared Straight, and it scared me straight. Like, I realized jail is not the place that I want to be. It's not a place that's cut out for me. It's not a place that I see myself anytime in the near future. As I got older, I loved watching a lot of Locked Up Abroad. Locked Up Abroad is one of my favorite shows on TV. came on the uh, National Geographic channel. And after watching Locked Up Abroad, it made me realize I didn't even want to get locked up in any jail anywhere in the world. Now, (laughs) getting locked up in a Philippine jail scares me five to ten times more than getting locked up in an American jail. In the American jail, the popular saying is at least you get three hots in a cot, which means three square meals a day and a place to sleep. In the Philippines, that is quite the opposite. Now, I'm not scared of Fernando and Juan trying to take advantage of me because I feel like I can handle myself against Fernando and Juan. Maybe not Pookie and Ray Ray, but Fernando and Juan, I think I could, I think I might be able to handle myself. I'm a little bit bigger than them, and I'm a little bit, you know, I'm a little bit stockier, so they're a little bit shorter than me. So I might be able to, you know, maintain and hold my own in that particular situation. But the environment is absolutely horrible, ladies and gentlemen. The environment in a Philippine jail, I have seen it before firsthand with my own eyes, and I don't like it. There's 15 to 20 men. 15 to 20 men in a uh, in one room wherein they all share this room and there's a hole in the floor, okay? There is a hole in the floor where you piss and do the number two, okay? And you lay on this rank, dank, fecal-infested floor, and that is what you call your home. <laughs> For as long as you are locked up in a Philippine jail. No bed, no pillow, no nothing. Just a bunch of men laying on top of each other. I know that is not a great visualization. But on top of that, there's no medical in case you get sick. So all of this coughing and hacking and diseases that everybody else has in the jail. Cough, cold, whatever it may be. You could possibly get it to. So that's just me laying the landscape for you and letting you know that Philippine jail ain't nothing to mess with, okay? Neither is an American jail, a.k.a. the reason I stated to you, I am not ready, or I am not prepared, or I am not cut out for jail, period. But let me tell you about the time that I almost 
got locked up in a Philippine jail. Now, I was a young dude, young, dumb, stupid, and cheap. Those would be the words that I would use to describe myself between the ages of 19 and 21. About this time, I was really starting to get my stride here in the Philippines. I was starting to, you know, adapt very well. I was starting to get along with females here in the country very well. I was starting to learn a little bit about the language, and I was really immersing myself into the culture as much as I possibly could. And at this time, young, dumb, stupid, and cheap, couldn't tell me nothing, man. I felt like I knew it all <laughs> until this situation smacked me dead in the face. Now, I was entertaining a young lady that I had known for about three months now. And in the Philippines, you have two options when it comes to where you choose to partake in particular extracurricular activities. What do we mean by this? Casual intimacy moments between you and a female. Two ways to do it. You take them back to where you live or you choose to invest in a little bit of your time in a three-hour spot known as a short-time hotel. Now, short-time hotels are very, very easy to find and define. If a room rate is listed by the hour, it'll be known as a short-time hotel. If room rates are listed by daily rates, then you can say that that is probably considered a authentic room hotel. Now, I lived about 30 to 45 minutes outside of the city. So me trying to bring a young lady back to my area or where I lived was going to be a no-no. I mean, it was too far. And, you know, by the time we get all the way through traffic and all that stuff, get to where we're going, do what we have to and get all the way back, it would just be a waste of time, effort, and money. So I frequented these two-hour three-hour hotels. Now, a three-hour hotel can average a range between 250 to 350 Philippine pesos, roughly about five to seven U.S. dollars. Not that bad, right? I mean, I think that if you use it frequently, you know, you can start to rack up a huge bill. <laughs> Let's be honest. Five to seven dollars every day or three times a week or whatever. You know, you can run a tab for that. And again, Keep in mind, I'm only a college kid at this time. I'm only going to college. I don't have a big budget, <laughs> nothing like that. I had a little bit more than my classmates did, but again, I wasn't super rich, super fly individual, okay? So doing this all of the time and frequently using these hotels got expensive. So me being young, dumb, stupid, and cheap, I decided that when me and this young lady were going to hook up, we're going to try another place. Damn. Damn, damn. Now, with the normal uh, three-hour short-time hotels, the setup is usually something that is a more private setup. What you would do is if you had your car or if you had a taxi, the taxi would pull inside of this garage. They would shut the door. The person would come through the little door on the side of the garage get the payment or whatever it may be, you would go upstairs and nobody would see you. So your privacy was very, very valuable, you know, at this particular hotel that I know about. And, you know, res respectfully so, guys, you got to realize there are a lot of people, <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot of people who use these short-time hotels. I mean, you know, people, prominent, prominent people 
use these hotels. So privacy is a very, very big deal, and privacy is what they pride themselves on in this particular industry. So the hotel that I wanted to go to this particular time that I almost got arrested, it was set up a little bit differently. It was set up no different than a normal type hotel. You walk in, go to the front desk, you check in, pay your fee, you get what you need, and then you walk down this long corridor, probably about 10 rooms on each side. And then, you know, every corridor would have like 10 rooms on every corridor. It would go upstairs and all kinds of stuff. So pretty much everybody saw who was going in and out of the hotel, okay, or out of this motel or short time place. You could see anybody and everybody going in and out. You would know people's room numbers and stuff like that. You know, it wasn't really a big secret. All you had to do was just see what door these people were coming out of. So it was a little bit cheaper than my normal spot. So I was like, man, why not give it a try, right? I mean, I was pretty much a single guy at that time. I mean, like I said, except with a few casual relationships, you know, I really didn't have anything to worry about. But, you know, being the foreigner, the one thing you do not want to be known as is the uh, man whore foreigner. So you kind of want to be careful with how you choose to perpetuate that image about yourself in the country. And again, I'm a respectful person. And the last thing that I want to do is put any woman that is with me in a compromising situation, which was sincerely unfortunate with this situation. So me and the young lady, we get the room, we go down the corridor, we get where our room is, we get inside, you know, we get comfortable, we turn on the TV, start watching a little bit of TV, start a little kissing, start a little touching, and then, you know, one thing led to another, and then we start getting into what we want to get into, right? We start getting into the main reason why we showed up to this place in the first place. Now, <laughs> we're doing our thing, and I start to hear a knock at the door. This is going to be my knock I know that sounds horrible. <laughs> it's a horrible knock. Uh, I stop. Stop for a minute. I listen. No, TV's down low enough so I could hear everything going on around me. Waited for the knock again for about a minute. 30 seconds. I hear nothing. I get back to what I was doing, right? Then you hear the knock on the door. Knock, knock, knock. And then you hear a faint voice in the background saying, room service, sir. Now, I didn't order anything or anything like that. But sometimes if you like, if they forget to give you something at the counter in some of these places, they'll just run it down to the room and say, oh, sir, we're sorry. We forgot to give you this. And, you know, shut the door. You're going about your business. But at this time, I took about a few minutes to open the door. I said, fuck, I got to see what she wants. Right. I looked through the peephole. She's with another guy. So what I tell my, my girl at the time, I was like, you know, just just put on the bed sheet, girl, and go run into the bathroom. Because, again, you never want your girl to be seen in a compromising situation. Philippines is a very conservative so society. All right. So with most of the girls that you deal with, they're very, very conservative. So the last thing you want to do is, you know, have her seen in a compromising position. So. I told her, run and take the bed sheet, girl, go run into the bathroom real quick. And, you know, I'll take care of this. And then, you know, we'll come out as soon as everybody leaves. So I open the door and I ask her, she's like, hello, sir. And then the guy starts speaking. He was like, sir, um, sorry to disturb you. But, you know, some of the guests heard some screaming and yelling coming from the room. And we just wanted to come and check and make sure everything was OK. Now, <laughs> 
as embarrassing as this is, um, I did not take into consideration that the walls in this particular room were very, very thin. Did not take that into consideration. That was my fault. And aside from the walls being very thin, the young lady that I was with was actually very, very vocal. And I knew that, but I didn't pay any attention to it because I was already used to it and I knew what to expect. But again, as embarrassing as it was, I did not take that into consideration. I can laugh about it now because she was very, very vocal. And I was I was doing my thing. Young 21-year-old kid, 19, 21-year-old, getting it in. You know, I was a young steed at that time and I was really doing my thing. I was trying to knock them walls out, literally. But, you know, in a respectful way, of course. Um, <laughs> so I, I said, I apologize, sir. You know, there's nothing wrong. And then he was like, sir, do you mind if we come inside the room? And at the time it had dawned on me that he couldn't see my girl. Cause of course I had told her go to the room, you know, go to the room at this time. And, uh, I mean, go to the bathroom. I'm sorry, go to the bathroom. So he didn't see her. So I guess he was thinking, let me walk in and just make sure everything's okay with the young lady. So they come in, the, uh, the, the, the lady that was with them, and then the guy come into the room. I'm sitting here in a bath towel. You know, I'm not going to go all commando in front of people. I mean, I have some respect. Got to be a little bit presentable. So uh, the young lady, <laughs> she's in the bathroom, and she's nervous and scared as hell. I told her to come out of the bathroom. I knocked on the door. I said, you know, come out for a minute. And, uh, you know, she's nervous and scared and shit because, again, man, she's in a compromising position. And now there are people that are going to see her in this compromising way. They don't really know each other. It's not like they know who you are or anything. But, again, it's just a very conservative society in the Philippines. And to put a young lady in a situation like that made me upset because, you know, again, I would never want anything like that to happen to anybody that, you know, interacts or, you know, deals with me. So, you know, she comes out and then the uh, guy was questioning her. He was like, you know, ma'am, is everything okay? But he was asking her questions in Filipino. He didn't know that I understood everything he was saying. So I was just letting him talk. He was like, ma'am, are you, you okay? And she was like, yes, I'm okay, sir. It's, everything's fine. Everything is fine. And he said, are you sure? And he was like, yes, yes, everything is okay. Everything is okay. He said, and then he said, he's not hurting you. He's not uh, doing anything to you, anything like that, is he? And she's like, no, no, nothing like that, nothing like that. And at this time, I'm starting to get upset because I'm like, Yo, man, uh, she told you everything is all right, but yet and still you're trying to push the narrative. Like you're trying to push her to say something else. And that shit's starting to get me a little bit bothered. You know, I'm starting to get a little bit uneasy in the situation. Matter of fact, I was starting to lose my lose my thing, like my heart on it. I was getting upset. So, <laughs> so that's a side story. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put that in there, but I just had to give you the visual if you guys wanted to hear the visual. Anyways, I'm starting to get upset because I'm like, yo, what are you talking about? Like, she's telling you everything's okay. So what did I do at this time? I went to the bathroom. I told her, I said, baby, just, just close the door. I stepped between the bathroom and the guy and I tell her, you know, I think you guys need to leave. She's already told you she's okay. At this time, Oh my God, I look like the angry black guy, the hostile, angry black guy. And that is the last thing that you want to look like in a foreign country. You do not want to be, be perceived as the hostile, angry black guy. So when this situation happens, he gets on his walkie-talkie and he calls two other people down to the room. They come there and at this time I'm like, oh my God, these people are going to try to arrest me. Like shit, they're going to try to get me locked up. 
So I had to think quickly. I was like, sir, 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 I apologize. I apologize. You know, I didn't mean it. I mean, I was just defending my lady and, I, you know, my lady at the time. I said I was just, you know, this didn't, you know, nothing like this needed to happen. I apologize. You know, it was my fault. You know, I didn't take into consideration, you know, voices and the walls. I, you know, my fault. And I apologize for it. So then his homeboys come down there and they're looking all suspect and shit. So I tell the guys, I was like, look, I apologize. This is my fault. I apologize for the inconvenience. Here's 200 Philippine pesos to go treat yourself to some red horse or whatever, man. Drinks are on me, okay? So I gave them four dot like four dollars, basically 200 Philippine pesos is equivalent to roughly about four US dollars. I said, here, drinks are on me tonight, guys. I apologize. And so I said, you know, they left finally. And uh, me and a young lady, we got our clothes on. I ain't even get a chance to, you know, do my thing. By this time, I was worked up. She was all close to coming to tears and stuff like this. And, you know, I was like, man, this isn't cool. You know, she's not feeling it. I'm not feeling it anymore. So we just got up and we left. But what I've noticed about that entire situation and what you guys can learn from this is I will tell you one thing and one thing only. Filipinos love a good scandal. But what they love more than a good scandal is when that scandal involves a foreigner. I promise you, anything to get the clicks, anything to get the views, anything that they can to spin the story to make it sound like it was dramatic, they'll do it. And imagine, black guy, (laughs) this black guy in the Philippines, hostile, angry black guy. I can see the headline, hostile, angry black guy, tries to rape Filipina and shoot at cops and some shit, you know, shoot at police or something, something dramatic. I can almost see it happening. And then that would have compromised my schooling. That would have compromised everything. Remember, guys, I was just a college kid at this time. I could have got blacklisted. I could have got, you know, shipped out of the country and then never allowed to come back again. And I, if, and that was if I was lucky. That would have been the only thing that could have happened to me. I could have went to jail in the Philippines, you understand? And that was the one place that I really didn't want to be at all. So I say that to say this, guys, you got to be careful with how you choose to navigate any situation. Again, at that time, I was young, dumb, stupid, and cheap. Best way to describe myself. Between 19 and 21, couldn't tell me anything. And at that time, I was pretty much on a solo mission. I was pretty much by myself in the country. My family who was with me at the time, my father was working. And about that time, my brother had already went back to the U.S. and stuff like that. So I was pretty much in a spot where it was just me and me only. And I was just doing my thing. So, you know, and again, guys, this particular situation happened a while before I got into my current situation. This was back then, Mike. Dr. Mike TV more specifically, not current situation, Dr. Mike TV, okay? But again, at this time, a lot of things could have transpired that could have done me harm. A lot of things could have transpired that could have really put me in a very, very compromising position. And I say that to say this, guys, be careful with how you choose to navigate in a foreign country. Be careful with who you choose to interact with in a foreign country. The ladies that you choose to interact with, make sure everything is on the up and up. Make sure everything is on an understandable level. Had she had any animosity towards me, she could have said anything and I could have been done for. Had I treated her wrong in any way, shape or form, she could have done done or said anything that could have put me in a compromising position. All because of what was happening in the moment. Now, again, that was my fault. You know, your boy. 
like I said, I was a young kid back in the day. I kind of felt like, you know, I was going balls to the wall, literally, man. And I, I just didn't, you know, take it into consideration that she was as vocal as she was. Okay. So that was my fault. And again, what I like to tell you is nine times out of 10, when a man is about to get locked up, <laughs> it's going to be over a female. I tell you right now in the Philippines, if any man is about to go to jail, it'll either be over women or to be over drugs. One of the two. Those are the main reasons that foreigners get locked up in the Philippines, period. All right. And with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this story. And if you did enjoy this story time here on episode four with Dr. Mike TV on the Dr. Mike TV experience, a black guy in the Philippines, you see that purple button that says support the podcast? Click that button. Go ahead and click that button and uh, support your boy over here. I mean, it's only going to be 99 cents a month. If you're feeling like you're a little bit more generous, you could do $4.99 a month. But if you're feeling like you want that super, super baller status, $9.99 per month to support the good doctor over here on this particular podcast. And I promise you, all of the uh, proceeds or anything that we earn through this will definitely go to making Philippine blogging great again over there on the Dr. Mike TV YouTube channel, and it will definitely go into making podcasting great again. That is all that I am here to do. I am here to deliver all of the time. 100% of the time, I'm here to deliver. But if you guys feel like you want to support, by all means, just click that purple button. Show your boy a little bit of love over here. 99 cents is more than sufficient for me, but if you guys want to go above and beyond, that would make it even more better. It'll make it even more sweeter and it'll make me feel like you guys really, really want more of the good doctor, Dr. Mike TV. All right. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, my time is up. It has been fun. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed this story time. This is the first time I'm ever sharing this story. First time that anybody's ever hearing it and I'm giving it to you guys broadcast (laughs) in probably more places than one. Okay. Thank you for listening. Thank you for paying attention. And I hope that I can catch you guys on the next episode. And with that being said, the good doc is officially out. Stay blessed, ladies and gentlemen. Stay blessed.